listen up, South Baltimore. Baltimore, it's the city I adore. Be in Baltimore, rich to be in Baltimore poor. It's the city always searching, never finding a cure. But baby, nothing can replace my Baltimore. All right, welcome to the This Week in South Baltimore podcast by SouthBeamer.com. This is Kevin Lynch here with SouthBeamer.com, and I am joined by candidate for Baltimore City Sheriff Sam Kogan. He's a resident of South Baltimore, and he's looking to become the next sheriff in Baltimore City. Sam, thanks a lot for joining us. Oh, thank you, and it's uh, good to be here and uh, good to be uh, listened to, so I appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. So, Sam, let's get started. Uh, we, we wanted to have Sam on because he lives right in the South Baltimore community, and he's actually the... Uh, the president of SBNA right now and involved in all kinds of other things. So Sam, just give us a little bit of a, a background about yourself. Great. So uh, I'm uh, 48 years old. I live in uh, South Baltimore. I've been here for about six years. Uh, lived in the city since I was 17 years old, uh, various places. And I'm the, like you said, I'm the Neighborhood Association president for South Baltimore Neighborhood Association on the uh, South Baltimore Gateway Partnership Board and also helping out with the Federal Hill Main Street on some of the public safety issues and uh, recently retired from the sheriff's office after 25 years of working in the city. Uh, I retired as the uh, assistant sheriff, which is the third in command. And I did so last November so I could run for the position of sheriff. Sure. Obviously, you're living in South Baltimore and you're involved in so many things. Uh, what do you like about this community? What, what keeps you wanting to live here and wanting to get so involved? Right. Great. So South Baltimore is like a, a fantastic place to live, as I'm sure you know, and uh, people listening know. Uh, there's lots of things within walking distance. There's a great community uh, presence here. People know each other. I know all my neighbors. They know me. Um, you know, we look out for each other. And uh, it's a, you know, jump right on 95, get to where you have to go. Um, and I also used to walk to work, which is a, like a huge benefit. Awesome. And uh, what, are, what, are, um, what are the typical type of issues you would take up as president of SBNA? Yeah. So, like, I remember... Uh, coming from the sheriff's office was dealing about, uh, we were dealing with crime issues. My very first issue I got was uh, who's responsible for refilling the dog waste bags at the park. Um, and I remember being so happy I could answer a question like that. I typed the response was like a page long about who was <laughs> responsible and who, should, who, they, who they could call. Uh, but like being, coming from city government and going back to, um, you know, uh, sort of the local level and being the, the ground uh, for the residents to try to access government. One of the things I saw very quickly is that there were a lot of people who had issues that were easily resolved and they just didn't know who to talk to. Um, and so being the Neighborhood Association president was really great to be able to connect people with solutions uh, to the council, to the councilman, to our Costello or to, uh, you know, someone in state government or just to various city services representatives. Um, and sort of correct that disconnect where someone was very frustrated. It's like, for example, like their trash wasn't getting picked up or they didn't know how to do um, something that uh, was an interaction with the city and to provide them with that pathway. So like being in city government myself for, for 25 years, it was really great to sort of get back down to that grassroots level and, and having been exposed to city government and knowing who to call and who to talk to sort of provide that pathway for them so they could get their issues resolved and make the community stronger. Very cool. And as a member of the board of Federal Hill Main Street, I think Federal Hill in South Baltimore probably has more small businesses per capita per capita than, than most places on the planet. So uh, just talk about the aspect of working with Federal Hill Main Street and, and, and kind of the issues facing businesses in this area. Yeah. So like uh, I'm the public safety chair. And so obviously the thing that's on everyone's mind that Baltimore's crime. And uh, I think the businesses 
are really uh, struggling with that issue about how to create a safe environment so that more people will come down, more people will feel safe frequently, frequently with businesses, um, and they don't have incidents with their, their own staff or with anyone coming down to try to visit. And so that's, I think that's probably the biggest challenge that they have right now. And it's really good to try to bring everyone together and try to create solutions that will help them. Gotcha. I'm sure it's great to have a perspective like yours when it comes to, you know, safety. I was certainly a, I was a, a crime and safety chair for SBNA at one point in time, and I certainly don't have the, uh, you know, law enforcement background that Sam has. So I'm sure that's a great asset to the uh, business community, local community, and also um, you're a board member of South Baltimore Gateway Partnership, which has really been a unique opportunity for South Baltimore as millions of dollars and um, funds are coming to this area to be spent on improvements in several different South Baltimore neighborhoods. So talk about your experience with uh, the Gateway Partnership and kind of the difference you think that organization can make in South Baltimore. Yeah, absolutely. So the the Gateway Partnership, South Baltimore Gateway Partnership is really, I think, driving a lot of the improvements that are around here um, using the casino and engaging in really fantastic projects. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing to look at like the grant awards that people are getting and really good works that are being done around South Baltimore through that program. And I can't speak highly enough for the, uh, the executive board there and for the other board members and for the mission. I think it's like, it's really been something um, that's benefited our area and will continue to benefit our area. Yeah, it certainly has been a unique opportunity for South Baltimore. Now, uh, you're retired from the sheriff's office of Baltimore. Uh, what made you want to jump in the race and try to become the uh, the sheriff of Baltimore City? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I get asked that all the time. So a lot of people don't know what the sheriff's office does. Um, and so the, this campaign and the challenge of it for, for me is to try to activate the sheriff's office so that we can really take full advantage of having uh, a 235-person, $21 million law enforcement agency wide jurisdiction in Baltimore and, and modernizing and activating that agency so we can do more to be part of the public safety solution in Baltimore. And having worked there for 25 years, you know, and seeing the lack of technology that's there, um, the current sheriff um, has, has been in office for 33 years since 1989. And so it was my opinion that we really needed to implement um, a different structure, modernize, and really the sheriff's office so we can do more for the city for safety because again crime is on everyone's concern and there, there's absolutely things that the sheriff's office can do to reduce crime in the lane of the sheriff's office and that's that's something that i want to pursue and i'm sure everybody in, in baltimore knows quite a bit about the baltimore police department but tell me a little bit about the unique roles of the sheriff's office of baltimore city yeah that's great so uh one of the things that people don't know is that sheriff's deputies have the same authority as the police department. In fact, it's the opposite. The police department's authority is based on the deputy sheriff. So if you look at the local laws of Baltimore that created the police department, it says in there that a, a police officer in Baltimore City shall have the same authority to make a criminal arrest as a deputy sheriff. Um, and so the sheriff's office is the enforcement arm of the court. And the major roles that they play, obviously, is court security. So they protect the courthouse. But they also serve all the circuit court warrants, the warrants that are issued from circuit court for violation of probation or failure. Um, they serve the domestic violence protective orders that come out of both circuit court and district court, the restraining orders. They do all the evictions and foreclosures in the city. Um, and they also have, again, full law enforcement authority. So 
uh, we've engaged uh, to take over the Fells Point Festival. It was the sheriff's office that provides the law enforcement security there during that festival, not the police department. And sort of that was a test case and will show that the sheriff's office is capable and able and has the jurisdictional authority more in the city when we're talking about festivals and events on weekends. And I know we talk a lot about, you know, there's a, a hiring struggle throughout America. And certainly over the last eight years or so, the Baltimore Police Department has really struggled to make the hires they need to have a fully staffed department. Those numbers seem to be anywhere from missing a couple hundred to over a thousand officers. Um, is the sheriff's department currently fully staffed? And uh, what, you know, what, what will need to be done in recruitment if, if there is a need to bring in, you know, more sheriffs to, uh, to help out? Great. So the, uh, the sheriff's office is not fully staffed. They have a lot of vacancies. Um, but I've talked to a lot of people who have left the sheriff's office and gone to other agencies and uh, I've gotten commitments from them that under new management, they'd be happy to come back um, and re-engage uh, with the sheriff's office to try to serve the citizens. Sure. And obviously, uh, you know, with election for state's attorney coming up, we have, you know, your, you know, your position trying to become Baltimore City Sheriff is on the ballot. And obviously, I think based on everything I hear, crime is just a huge issue for everybody, whether it's the uh, the homicides taking place in Baltimore, the shootings, uh, certainly robberies and burglaries and carjackings have become a problem. And certainly like, you know, aggressive panhandling has become one of the biggest stories of recent years. So what ways, if you become the sheriff, can you step in and try to assist in the crime fight in Baltimore City? Because obviously it's on the top of most people's minds. Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking me that. So this thing that the sheriff's office can do to reduce crime is to more actively serve the arrest warrants that are being issued for violation of probation out of the circuit court. And the sheriff's office serves the warrants after someone's been convicted in circuit court and they're placed on probation and then they violate that probation, uh, and the probation agent asked them, asked the circuit court judge to put them on probation to issue a violation of probation. And within that are coming out, there's some of the most violent offenders that we have in Baltimore. So they're people who are out on probation, and then they go commit another carjacking, um, or they commit another robbery. Um, if we look at the case where the Wacomico County deputy was killed in Wacomico County recently, he had at one point one of these violation of probation warrants from Baltimore City that I'm talking about. Um, and so we have a group of people in the city that have open warrants that are repeat violent offenders that they could be arrested if the sheriff's office actively down and brought them back in front of the court and they would do some serious jail time. And uh, we looked at the budget testimony that the sheriff, uh, the, the current sheriff, when he spoke about this and he said he only has four individuals out of the 103 deputies that are down there serving these warrants actively, but we have uh, 30 deputies serving evictions. And I think those priorities are, are mismanaged. We should have, um, if public safety really is the, the issue, and it is, then we should quadruple of our warrant group and go out and actively work with our law enforcement partners at the state police and with the U.S. Marshal Service and with the Baltimore Police Department um, and, and organizations like Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and leverage those partnerships and really track down and arrest people who have these open warrants for uh, violation of probation who are repeat violent offenders. Because again, we know it's a very small group of people that's committing most of the violence in the city. And these warrants are, um, are open. And to have them still walking around with open warrants while they're harming the community is something that's very much in the control of the sheriff to, to try to apprehend them and bring them before justice. 
And how in the weeds would you say the sheriff's department is with these warrants? Like, is there any word you can describe, like how behind the department is to try to make sure every person with a warrant is kind of brought in and, you know, justice moves forward? Yeah. So um, to describe it now, technology. So these warrants are issued out of court and they get sent down to the sheriff's office and they get like pigeonholed in, in these little boxes. And the sheriff's deputies get to them when they get to them because there's no real records management system or a way to identify, hey, this is an important warrant with a uh, with someone who's a repeat filer offender on it. Um, and so it could be a year, it could be six months, it could be a, a long time before someone actually is going out on that warrant. Um, and in the meanwhile, they're out there in the street continuing to harm the community. And that we can allow. That's why we need technology um, to be able to identify them. And, you know, you talk about how many open warrants, there's thousands of open warrants. Um, and some of these open warrants are for very minor things because um, a warrant never goes away. You could have an open warrant from 20 years ago where someone committed a theft to a store that isn't even open anymore. And so for those warrants, we need to find a way for people. Can, we can They can turn themselves in and they can get rid of the cases and we don't have open warrants for people like that. But we really need to do a better job at the sheriff's office of that, which warrants are very important and assigning the personnel to actively as like just like a detective would solve a crime to actively go out and try to track down the person who's that repeat violent offender and arrest them and bring it back in front of the judge so they're not out there violating probation um by committing other crimes and you know the whole probation system is thrown out of whack again in the city if a probation agent issues a warrant for somebody and it takes six months to a year to get that person back in front of the judge that's not going to be an effective way to probation system in the city. Gotcha. Thanks for the info. And I'm sure serving warrants can be hostile to say the least. Are there any like tactical partners you, you guys bring in to help serve some of these warrants? Yeah, absolutely. So I was on our fugitive group for a while. Um, I have some experience doing that. Um, and I also supervise that group. And what we what you have to do is you have to train people. And so the places you can send people. So there's the uh, the federal law enforcement uh, training center in, in, uh, in Georgia, actually. Marshals Marshalls puts on that you can send people down to be um, fugitive investigators and go to that school. And, you know, we have a, a lot of uh, expertise in the city. There's a warrant app apprehension task force where people can go on and learn how to do that kind of stuff. But it is a specialized skill and you really have to employ tactics that are different than our regular patrol tactics. And you have to train people. But there's great partnerships in the city, like uh, our federal, state and local partners that would be happy to and do provide that training, all you have to do is ask for it. And I'm sure there's certain warrants, you know, ahead of time that it, it could be an issue. Do you kind of group the partners together as you're going towards somebody's door to make sure, you know, if, if there is an escalation, it's you guys are ready for it? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've always been able to use the uh, Maryland State team, which is their tactical unit, if need be. Uh, Baltimore Police has a tactical unit. So, like, if you have a high-risk warrant and you know that, um, you can plan for that, prepare for that, and use good tactics to try to apprehend people. Um, but a lot of times, you know, there's so many warrants that some of these bad actors are just out in the street, live, you know, doing what they do. And, um, you know, if, if you use good investigations and use good tactics, it's it's not that difficult, even though it is dangerous and you never know what might happen. The better tactics to use and the more prepared you are, uh, the less likely it is that you're going to have uh, violence associated with the arrest. But you are right. Some of these people are violent. And they, um, you know, that's that's why we have to take them off the street and bring them back in front of the judge. 
Gotcha. Right. I know many of our audience are very thankful for the, uh, the, the people in law enforcement that put their lives at risk to make sure uh, you guys do the work that you do. And I know now you're looking to get back in and become the sheriff. So tell me, how's the, how's the campaign going? What's the feeling right now? I think it's good. I mean, uh, people are very receptive to the message that we have a sheriff's office in the city and the sheriff's office can do more. I know it's a People like the all hands on deck approach and they feel like they haven't heard from the sheriff's office and they haven't heard from the sheriff and they get excited when you say, hey, we had this law enforcement agency that if we activated, they can go out and help reduce crime. Um, I think everyone I've talked to about that is is uh, very receptive to that message and they, uh, they understand that hey, we do have this organization that could go all hands on deck. It has it and they want that to happen. Sure. And tell me about some of the endorsements you've received for your campaign. Yeah, so we were lucky to get uh, Senate President Ferguson and the Team 46 to endorse and uh, Councilman Costello and uh, eight other uh, council uh, uh, council members endorsed us, which was great. I think it's the first time that we've had more than the majority of the council um, endorsing a, in a sheriff race, and it was great to get that endorsement. Um, Bill Henry, the comptroller, uh, endorsed, which I think is, is, is really like a, a great thing that happened. And, uh, you know, we were endorsed by... Uh, Federation of Teachers, Maryland, which I thought was a really great thing. And uh, I, I believe they endorsed us because they were excited about some of the uh, programs that I'd like to implement regarding evictions and trying to humanize the eviction process, particularly if a child is evicted, make sure we're notifying the school and letting them know that um, we just had a child who had a traumatic event happen so the school could provide wraparound services to that child. Sure. And I'm obviously, I think people around South Baltimore have seen you around a lot lately. You got your nice uh, Kogan for sheriff. Looks like almost a hockey jersey on there. And uh, uh, what's behind a campaign like yours? How much staff do you have? Are there any people you want to mention that have really given their all to help you out? So just tell me a little bit about behind the scenes. Sure. Yeah. So behind the scenes, um, I have a like a core group of volunteers that we've been using. And we've been running a very modern campaign where we looked at data and we looked at where we're going to be strong. And uh, We've been, uh, you know, calling people. We've been knocking on doors. We've been sending mailers out. Um, we've been uh, trying to get earn, earn media and do interviews like I'm doing with you. And the whole goal of the campaign was to let the sheriff's office in Baltimore. The sheriff's office has the same authority to do uh, law enforcement as the police department. And if we activate the sheriff's office and modernize it, we can do more to help with uh, public safety in the city and be part of the solution. Um, and so anyway, we're out there reaching people, we're, we're going to do it. Um, we found that uh, when we did the analysis of this race, there were some interesting things. So uh, in some areas, more people left uh, the sheriff box blank, even though they voted for a candidate. So we found that 14,500 people citywide just didn't pick a sheriff candidate, just left it blank. And we're hoping that we've educated enough people that they realize that this is an important race and that crime is important in Baltimore. And that, um, you know, every big county in the sheriff's office can do their part to help out with crime. Gotcha. And it seems like in Washington, there's a poll to find out what people think about the latest issues to anything, all the way to things like peanut butter and chocolate and everything. Is there any good polling on this race? Are you getting any feel of, of, of what the what the numbers are looking that looking well, like so, right now? Yeah. So like there, there is no polling on, on a down ballot race like that. It's really expensive to do polling. And, and uh, you know, they're not. They're not doing that. I can tell you that I've been around the city at the polling sites. I've been driving around during early voting, which is which happening now, actually. And uh, I'm getting a lot of thumbs up. I'm getting a lot of, uh, you know, are you going to. There was a thing where uh, 
in the uh, the Baltimore banner where the sheriff there now uh, admitted that he doesn't have a computer. So a lot of people have been saying to me, do you have a computer, right? Which I think is a, like sort of, I'm like, yes, I have one. And they're like, I'm voting for you. So, uh, you know, uh, I guess informal exit polling is showing us that we have a lot of support around town, which is really great. Sure. And uh, tell people how they can go out and vote. I know early voting is going on now. The big election day is July 19th. And uh, and hopefully we'll get a result soon for all these races. But uh, tell people where they can vote, how they can vote, and when they might find out about a winner. Sure. Um, so like, there, if you go to the Baltimore Board of Elections, there's a lot of early voting sites around the city. Um, and you can go to any one of them. Uh, if you live in the 46th district or not, you can go to any of the polling sites. Um, uh, there's one in Cherry Hill uh, at the school. There's also one um, at the library off Eastern and Highland, uh, Eastern Avenue and Highland um, that a lot of people are going to. And you can walk right in, even if you're not registered, you can walk right in and register right then and there. And uh, you can cast your vote. And I would love it if uh, people cast their vote for me, Kogan uh, for sheriff. Uh, and and that's, uh, that's, that's what they would have to do. And do you, do you have any expectation of how quickly a result might come in? Obviously, we've gone to more of a mail-in balloting system since COVID-19 began. Do you have any feel for when there might, when this race might be called? Any, any ideas? Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. For the first time, uh, we're really going to have a lot of mail-in ballots. And uh, the governor vetoed a measure which would have allowed the Board of Elections to count the ballots as they came in. So they're all going to have to be opened uh, on election night after the polls closed, and it could be a significant amount of time before we know um, who the winners are. So this is sort of a unique race, but that's why it's important that everyone votes um, and everyone casts a vote because every vote may count in this race. Sure, and if you do win the primary, are there any other um, people competing in this race? Are there any independents or Republicans or any uh, you know write-in candidates that might emerge? No, there's not. Uh, well, someone could do it right in theoretically, but um, it doesn't look like anyone's indicated to do that. And it's just myself and the incumbent sheriff who's been on the uh, been in office for 33 years on the ballot. Uh, there's only a primary election. So presumably after the uh, the 19th and we tally the votes up, uh, one of us will be sheriff. And I'm pretty confident that it's going to be me. Sure. And, and if you do win, what will between like late july and when you take the office be like like that time span what 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 will you be working on what will it take to put a put a staff and a new program in place before you actually uh you know get the keys well the first thing is uh you know i'm sure i'm gonna have to rest for a minute uh my shoes uh walking around and then the next step will be thanking everyone who supported me uh because we've got a a, a large amount of people have done that and then we're going to try to get to work um we'll have to put a transition team together and look uh when we can get into the office as quickly as possible uh, because there is a sense of urgency with this crime and we really do need to do everything we can as quickly as possible to try to serve these warrants and, and get some of the crime down in the city and try to apprehend some of these repeat violent offenders with their warrants. Listen up, South Baltimore. Well, I'm a native Baltimorean, born and bred. Baltimore, baby, that's what I said. Every single night before I lay me down to bed, I got visions of Baltimore dancing in my head. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Uh, if you're avid readers of SouthBeaver.com, you might have seen his name referenced in our articles before with issues related to SBNA. We had a uh, issue about uh, changing the uh, direction on Randall Street recently, which uh, Sam was a 
great help to us in getting the kind of the feel of the community. And, uh, you know, obviously there's uh, there's some smaller but not unimportant issues at SBNA and Federal Home Main Street and South Baltimore Gateway Partnership. And certainly uh, Sam is hoping to uh, be the sheriff of Baltimore City. So Sam, thanks so much for joining us and uh, keep us posted on how things go. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for the interview. And thank you for uh, listening. I appreciate that. Take care. Listen up, South Baltimore.